You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm a writer, musician, and filmmaker. On this show, we are going to go ahead and discuss horror and read some horror fiction. So sit back, turn out the lights, and enjoy the show. Happy New Year! Thank you for listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. For this episode, we are just going to go ahead and listen to some exciting recap of tuners. So here you go. Have some tuners. Chapter 1 by Aaron Frail Zhang Zhang's earbuds crackled and was overtaken by a low hum, his music interrupted by the noise. A light flashed and a blonde in a blue plaid skirt and a white button-up shirt appeared in the Forever 21. She was the most beautiful girl John had ever seen. She pulled a pair of pink headphones from her ear and stuffed them into her hipster backpack. She spoke into her watch on her wrist. I'm number 42. I'm pursuit. I'm in pursuit. She crashed into John and they tumbled to the ground. She was on top of him. He looked into her crystal blue eyes and was completely lost for words. He stammered. Sorry, she muttered and pushed herself up. John lifted himself back to his feet, and by the time he turned around, she was gone. The only thing that was left was a pink cell phone that must have fallen from her backpack. He picked up the phone. He didn't recognize the make and model. It was something that he had never seen before. The lock screen said, Abby's phone. John was 16, had long hair and a skateboard. A pair of headphones was always in his ears. He was always listening to music. The soundtrack of his life irritated his parents, but he didn't care. They always told him that he would do better if he wasn't listening to music all the time. He'd be bored to death if he didn't listen to music. Blonde hair and a blue skirt flashed by the window store. He ran out to see her and saw her running through the mall. John took off after her and wove in and out of people. At one point, a large group of old ladies in their jogging gear were power walking and slowed down. Another group of girls sneered at him when he pushed past. Finally, he made it to a large intersection where the ball branched in five different directions. He looked at every direction and didn't see her. He thought he had lost her when he had noticed that she'd gone down a set of stairs. It was a small service entry, so there weren't any witnesses. A man in a large coat held her by the neck. He had black 
hair, a black beard, and was missing a couple teeth. There was a scar across his forehead. Like someone had popped a skull cap just to get out his brain. The man held a blade to her throat. It was an odd-looking blade that erupted from his knuckles like the wolverine if it had one large, fierce-looking weapon. She struggled and to free herself but couldn't escape his grip. John thought fast. He put his skateboard on the ground. There was a doe skateboarding sign right in front of him. As chance would have it, his favorite punk song began on the playlist, always in his ears. John kicked his feet off the ground and skated down the staircase. Heavy ball cop from across the way saw John and yelled, You! Stop right there! He jumped the board on the railing down the stairs. He grinded all the way down, and the black-bearded man turned at the last moment. The board cracked the man in the teeth, and he went sprawling onto the ground, dumping Blonde onto the ground. John whirled around and stuck his hand out. Abby? She took his hand and helped her to her feet. He locked eyes with her. How'd you know my name? She said. It says so on your phone. He handed her the phone. His heart pounded because he wasn't sure what to do next. He had never talked to a girl, much less even saved one before. John had never been good with girls. He didn't really know what to do with them. He always ignored them. Thanks, you could go now, she said and swiped the phone. But, he stammered, she ignored him and turned towards the man sprawled on the ground. He was rubbing his head and groaning. She pulled out the pink headphones and put them in her ears. She swiped her phone using an app John had never seen before. Abby had placed her hand on the man's shoulder, and she lifted the other hand to her watch. I got him. I'm tuning now. There was a flash, and both Abby and the man disappeared. John was by himself at the bottom of the service stairs. The overweight mall cop appeared at the top. He was gasping for air and exhausted by his run across the mall. You, come up here, the cop said between breaths. Don't make me come down there. Chapter 2 John buried his face at his desk in his room. The room was covered with posters of his favorite bands. John's dad grounded him for a week. This old man even locked up his skateboard for a month. It was the worst day of his life. Not only did he let the girl get away, but he was caught by the mall police. His friends would never let him live this one down. Not that he planned to tell his friends. If he told anyone that he saw a hot girl disappear, they'd think he's crazy. His friends would hide a blow-up doll in his locker or some stupid stuff like that. Jock Falchon's dad had one of those hidden under his bed. They found it one day and they couldn't stop laughing. The prank possibilities of such a find were endless. You do your homework, John's dad yelled. I can't, John said and didn't look up. You sit here all day. Is that what you want? John turned his head to face the other way. Three characters. By tonight. But Dad, three characters. John's dad would always force him to write in Chinese calligraphy. He would teach them new words all the time. John didn't see the point. It wasn't like he was going to China anytime soon. He'd be stuck here in, in, in America, in the Midwest, his entire life. And now his one chance of meeting a girl was out the window. John turned up his music louder. The entire world was drowned out by the noise. He reached under his desk and hit the power button on his PC. 
It was an old hand-me-down computer his father had cobbled together from computer parts. There was a surplus store that John and his father used to frequent with rows and rows of old computer junk. When John was a kid, he used to love going through the surplus store with his father. They would buy electronic parts and make something fun. His father made a John a light that would come to life with cascading LEDs, a remote-controlled car with goggles to view with an onboard camera. He even made an LED monster out of this crappy VW bus. It was cool when you were the kid. Now it's considered too lame. John began refusing to follow his dad to Junksville and no longer was excited by his father and the special projects. It marked the beginning of the end of their relationship so tight when he was a kid. Now it felt like his father might as well just go back to China because of the distance between them. The computer booted to the start screen. John pulled up a browser window and began watching, this, watching skateboarding disasters on the internet. He had a website for Chinese characters bookmarked in case he heard his father stomping down the hallway. A video where this kid fell off the railing and smashed his face on the bar was finished when he began to change through his tunes of, on, the, on his playlist. A list of videos appeared. John was stunned by what he saw. One of the videos had a screenshot of the blonde he had seen in the mall earlier that day. He clicked the video and it said, Watch this chick disappear in a crowded mall. The footage was pixelated and out of focus. The video started with a zoom on some girls' butts as they walked through the mall. The camera jostled and the operator darted to the side. It was a little chaotic at first to see anything, but then he saw her. The same plaid blue skirt and the same pink headphones. She ran past the operator of the camera and he ran to follow her. It was hard to follow the pursuit, but thankfully a few seconds later she ended up in a little nook created by two store entrances. She tapped and swiped her phone and disappeared, just like she had for John. He felt a little bit of an adrenaline rush. There was another human being who had witnessed the same thing he had witnessed. The video was dated about five months ago. It had over 10k views. John thought he was onto something really big and was about to add a comment of his own when he noticed the first comment. Fake! Followed, some, followed by some more abusive comments to others like, You should have kept filming the butts. And, This guy clearly likes big bucks and he can't lie. No one seemed to believe the video. John decided that he would rather not open himself to being beat up by the crowd on the internet and decided to click on some of the other videos from the uploader. The next video is titled, Berenstein Bears Prove Parallel Universes. John snorted and laughed out loud. It was no wonder the uploader of the video got all these incredulous comments. The person behind the video was nuts and believed in all sorts of government conspiracies. For kicks, John decided to click on the video. It was once again handheld footage. This time, the pixelation was even worse as he was in a dark room. John could make out a cover of a Berenstein Bears book. The title was obscured. John remembered the books from when he was a kid and chuckled to himself. He couldn't wait to hear what this crazy person had to say. Take a look at this book, a voice came from behind the camera. 
who can forget the moral and safety lessons from these anthropomorphic friendly bears that captured our hearts. Except that it's not the Berenstein Bears, it's Berenstain. The camera tilted upwards and now the title of the book was clearly visible. To John's surprise, the book clearly said Berenstain Bears and not Berenstein. John could swear that he remembered Berenstein. There is an E in the name and not the A. He continued watching, completely engrossed by the video. Is it a global conspiracy? The narrator continued. The video then changed cheap animations to support the narration. Did the government sneak in our houses and change our books while we slept? It's much a simpler answer. People from the E universe somehow transferred into the A universe. Science has confirmed that parallel universes could exist. Is it so crazy to think that we're in one right now? And why don't they, or that they don't sometimes bump into each other, and that people can't cross from one to the other? The screen then changed to a picture of a ghost. It looked like a transparent man standing in a doorway. It looked fake to John, but after what he had seen earlier today, he wasn't very sure anymore. Take ghosts, for example. Are they spirits of the dead? Or are they just people who briefly crossed over from one universe to another? No more dead than you or I. Is deja vu an alternate universe sense? Do you feel that you've experienced something before because you actually did experience something before in an alternate universe? The screen switched again to the pictures of Japan, passports, and other stock photos. The voice continued. Take the case of the man from Tored. In 1954, Japanese custom agents detained a man from a European country called Torred. The man insisted that the country had been around since the Middle Ages. His passport, IDs, even stamps from his previous visits were all official. By accounts, his identification documents were not forged even though his country didn't exist. Is Torred the home of the Berenstein Bears? Will children from their universe be Berenstein over Berenstain? Only time will tell as more clues to the true nature of reality arise. The video ended with a subscribe to my newsletter button. John clicked and entered his email address. In the how did you hear about us section, he clicked other and then wrote, I saw the girl in the plaid shirt. He clicked send and forgot about it. He wasn't sure why he subscribed to the newsletter. The guy was clearly crazy. In addition, he didn't even ever, ever, you know, even check his email. Anything was worth reading. It was on Snapchat or Instagram anyways. He forgot about the newsletter and clicked over to the calligraphy site. He better get started on those characters or his dad would wig out. He pulled a brush and a thick paper from his desk and began to draw. Chapter 3 The next day in class, John was half asleep. The sub was showing some boring documentary about a computer beating Jeopardy. His best friend, Rashawn, flicked a paper football at John's head. John snorted and sat up. You're falling asleep, Rashawn laughed. Does anyone care about some stupid robot winning a game? going to take over and rule us anyways one day, John scoffed. Meow, 
Somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. My parents grounded me last night. Ah, oh, shit, dog, Rashawn said. You brought a girl home. He said it louder than a whisper, and the substitute teacher looked up from his book. Both John and Rashawn made it look like they were doodling in their notebooks. After the sub was satisfied that no funny business was going on, he lowered his head back into his book. What's her name? Rashawn whispered. Dude, what's your problem? John said. It wasn't a chick. Just a mall cop. He, he caught me doing some tricks at the mall. Did you get it on YouTube? Tell me you got it on YouTube. No. Well, why the hell were you skating at the mall then? There's tons of parts where cops don't hassle you. His voice got louder again, and they had to pretend they weren't talking for a while. Once the sub's nose was back in a book again, they continued. I was trying to impress a girl, okay? Ah, oh, shit! I knew it was a girl! Rashawn couldn't constrain himself. The sub stood from his desk and walked to the back of the classroom. He pulled out a chair and set it near them. He sat down with the book and waited. They were silent for the rest of the class. Rashawn had pestered all day while at school about Abby. John didn't say much about the encounter, so Rashawn just had to assume all the nasty things he could think of. If John were to believe everything his friend said, his friend would be getting sex like every night of the week with one girl or another. In reality, John knew that Rashawn was having just about as, about as much sex as John was, somewhere between zero and none. Still, John couldn't talk much about it. You know, his friends would think him crazy if he, if he told them about disappearing girls and all this crazy stuff. So, you know, he just let Rashawn think that they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Not that he wouldn't mind Abby being his girlfriend. Although, girls like Abby always had some boyfriend in college with a chiseled jaw and a football scholarship. Still, he couldn't help but think of her. Knowing that she was out there somewhere was almost a worse punishment than a grounding. Being grounded he meant, meant that he just sat around in his room. Like tonight. His father was still upholding the grounding. And so sitting in his room took on this whole new meaning when he had this girl on the brain. He, he just couldn't sit there for too long. He, he would just think about her. An image would just pop up in his head. So he decided he needed to get out. But since he couldn't leave the house to go see his friends, he decided to go down in the basement instead. On the way, he passed the garage. He could hear his father tinkering around in the workshop. His father was always in the workshop. He could be in there for an entire night or sometimes just 15 minutes. His dad seemed to be in there a lot more though after mom died. It was a plane crash coming back from China. John remembered being at the airport when it happened and being shuffled around by all these government workers. John and his father had to stay in a facility for a couple days after it happened. They wouldn't let him and his dad go home while they sorted out the mess. Not that he wanted to go home. He was at the age where he half expected to see his mom and his sister walk in at any moment. Both and his sister and his mom died in the same accident. It would have been his whole family if a work project didn't get John and his dad back earlier. His dad was an independent contractor. He programmed software, built prototypes, took on miscellaneous tech jobs. John wanted to be with his dad and help with the project even though it was a circuit board prototype where, where John really couldn't do anything but watch. 
He was still at the age where he'd light up with joy from the stuff that would come out of that garage. His dad rescheduled the tickets for a couple days earlier. He even let John solder a transistor or two. It was much more fun than being pinched on the cheek by Grandma. He smelled funny and always bossed around the whole family. The day his mom and his younger sister were going to touch down at the airport, they heard it on the news before they heard it from the authorities. Crash landing at San Francisco International. John's mother and sister had a layover in San Francisco before coming back to the Midwest. John wondered sometimes if he didn't like going to the garage anymore because that was where he heard his father cry. He heard his father cry at the funeral. It wasn't much of a stigma to cry for in, in Chinese funerals as, as it was for Americans. People showed their respect by crying. But afterwards, his father tried to hold it together for John's sake, you know, just like a good American. Don't show any emotions. He would come to the garage and, and he would hear sobbing. He would, his father would cry out of John's sight. And John didn't really know what to do about it, so he just walked away. Today, he heard cursing coming from that garage. There was a loud crash, followed by a few shouts from his father. John rushed past the door to the basement. He pushed it open and flipped the light switch. The stairs creaked as he made his way down. The basement was mostly boxes stacked around a furnace. The only place without boxes was this little alcove with a white sink and a washer and dryer. Most of the clutter was his mom's old junk. His dad couldn't get rid of it, just like he couldn't remarry. It was like his dad had nothing to do but work and pester his son. John rummaged through the boxes, and then he saw one with a label, Ying's Books. If he remembered correctly, his sister had inherited his childhood book collection when he had outgrown them. All the Berenstain Bears books should be in her collection. <laughs> or Berenstain, if you believe that crackpot internet theory. He used his house key to crack the tape on the box. There was an old, musty smell of something that hadn't been opened in years. It assaulted his nose, and he coughed and began to pull out the books. There were all sorts of titles he remembered as a kid. Some were in English, others were in Chinese. He remembered his mother reading some of them. When he finally got down to the Berenstain collection, he dropped the pile he had been holding in his arm. The title on the book wasn't Berenstain at all. It was Berenstain. No way, John said to no one. He pulled his phone from his trousers and searched the, uh, searched the internet, Amazon, Google, just about every shopping site. For, they, they all had Berenstain books. There were no Berenstain books anywhere. He typed in Berenstain misprint, hoping that it was just some rare collector's item, but got nothing. The Berenstain books didn't exist at all. They had all been spelled with an A. According to the internet, they had always been spelled with an A. John grabbed all the ones that were spelled with an E and, 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 and gathered them all. And he walked out of the basement loaded with books by, that by all accounts shouldn't exist. Chapter 4 For the entire time John was grounded, he researched on the internet. His dad was thrilled about how studious John had been. 
He commuted the sentence by two days and returned the skateboard early. Had his father known John was going down the rabbit hole to Crazy Town, there'd be more worry than accommodations. John chased down all the points in the Crazy Guy's video. They seemed to have a hint of truth to them. The man from Turid seemed to have really happened. He pointed to a map and insisted the country called Andorra was really Torrid. The man even disappeared at night, maybe making it back to his universe. There are other stories, too, of a man in 1851 from a country called Laxaria on the continent of Sacria. There is even a story about a woman who woke up one day and went to her office, but it was not her office at all. The people she worked for were different people. When they did find her desk, it was on a different floor with a different supervisor. It was like she woke up in a parallel universe that was close to hers, but not quite hers. However, John's dad was an engineer and a man of science. He taught John to be skeptical. The articles of parallel universes were all on websites that ranged from questionable to unknown to just plain crazy. There was no way to know if they fact-checked any of the stories. His dad taught him to deal with some amount of skepticism on the internet. People can claim anything they wanted. Didn't make it true. So far, John didn't have any proof other than the books in his basement and the woman he had witnessed. While they were pretty spooky, the books could be a printing error and who would believe his story about what happened at the mall? The evidence he gathered wasn't enough to convince anyone that he wasn't just crazy. And that was the problem. He wasn't quite sure if he was crazy. And maybe he was making all this up from a misprinted book from his childhood. Delusional people didn't know they were delusional. I mean, maybe that's why he wasn't, because he, he, he was thinking maybe he could be delusional. You know, that's why when he was no longer grounded, instead of meeting Rashan, he decided to go to the mall instead and find some proof that it was real or that he was making it up. The mall banned him from the premises, but he didn't care. It wasn't like they could arrest him. The mall cops could just yell at him and tell him to take a hike. John skated through the mall parking lot and flipped the board into his hands. When he got close to the doors, he was still listening to music via his earbuds when he went to the Forever 21 where he first saw Abby. She wasn't there. He walked over to where he saw her appear. There was a noise in his headphones. It was a weird hum. He pulled out his earbuds and looked around. It didn't look like anyone else had heard. People were shopping like usual. He put his headphones back on his ears and the hum came back. He endured the sound and looked around. Everything seemed normal. He turned to leave the store when he walked away from the spot where Abby first appeared and the sound went away. He hopped in and out of the place where Abby had appeared. The hum would overpower everything, and then it would fade back into normal music. A clerk must have been watching him because she said, Can I help you? John was too excited and shoved his earbuds into her hands. Can you hear this? She looked at the earbuds and said, Oh yeah, I love this band. Is there a weird humming sound? Here, stand in this spot. The clerk shrugged and did what he asked. Oh, it sounds fine to me. Maybe it was just a loose connection. Hey, let me show you our punk-inspired collection. It just came in. I'm sure you'd like it. I've got to go, John said, and left the saleswoman standing there. 
John went back to the five-way intersection where Abby had disappeared with the man. He walked down the service stairs and went to the same spot she blinked out of existence. The strange hum came back, just like before, the noise would only happen when he was standing in the exact location of the disappearance. He walked up and down the stairs and it faded as he got further up the stairs. At the bottom of the stairs it came back. The mall cop from earlier came to the top of the stairs. His arms were full and he said, I knew I recognize you. You are in big trouble. You know you can't come back here. Before John can say a word, a man walked up behind the guy with a taser. The man was wearing a black hoodie, and the hood was shrouding his face. He thrust the taser into the guard's side, and the pudgy man dropped to the floor. His body shook as the man in the hoodie stepped over him and came down the stairs. John didn't know what to do, so he lifted his skateboard like a weapon. A heavy metal tune blasted through his earbuds. The man in the hoodie stopped just out of reach of the makeshift weapon. There was a tense moment, and the man mimed taking off the headphones. John popped the earbuds from his ears and the music disappeared. Gord, the man said. His voice seemed very familiar. You know that listening to music too loudly in headphones can do damage to your ears. John didn't put the skateboard down. Why do I think you're not here for a PSA? You're the one that contacted me. Remember? You saw the girl in the plaid skirt. At first, John didn't know what the guy was talking about. And then it all came back to him. He remembered the video. The man in the hoodie was the same voice as the guy from the video. He was talking to the Bernstein Bears nuts. John put down the skateboard and the crazy guy was just probably harmless. Uh, <laughs> at least if, it, if he wasn't a mall cop. How'd you find me? John asked. You're lucky I found you at all. You wouldn't return any of my emails. Emails? I sent you like 20 emails. I don't really check my email. Don't check your... Don't, don't check your email? You, you don't check email? The guy was really wigging out. John looked around and no one really noticed them or the sprout out mall cop. But that wouldn't last for long. Come on, John said. You can tell me on the way. Where are we going? The hoodie man said. Anywhere but here, John said. I hope you enjoyed those Tuners chapters. There'll be more Tuners chapters in the future. If you want your own stories told on this show, please go ahead and email me, Show at gmail.com, or you can connect to me on Facebook, Aaron's Horror Show at Facebook, or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter. Thank you for listening, and have a great new year.